Grace, mercy, and peace to you, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our reading for the day is from John chapter 12, verses 23 to 28. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. These are God's words. Dear students and staff here at Bethany, what does it mean to have glory? Well, we have a team from Kansas City that could probably tell us what that means. They just won the Super Bowl. Thousands of people in the crowd are cheering for them. They're on national TV, seen by millions of, praised by millions of people. The NFL is going to give them a very expensive ring, and they're all going to make a lot of money. And on top of that, they get to go back to Kansas City, and there'll be a victory parade with thousands more praising them for the victory that they had. Now we look at the context of our verses for today as Jesus is speaking. He has already had a victory parade. This is after Palm Sunday. And where the thousands again, perhaps that many, are welcoming him as their hero. And now it's in between that time and Good Friday, and he's going to be thinking, there's going to be another parade. It's on Friday, where they're going to show their rejection of me. They're going to parade me out of town as a prisoner to be publicly tortured and die on a cross. And you're saying, well, there's no way in the world that we would ever think those two things could be describing glory. And yet we ask, how can a crucifixion bring glory? Jesus tells us, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, if this was before Palm Sunday, we'd say, oh, I understand, but it's not. That's over. Good Friday is coming. Jesus never sought his own honor. He humbly lived his entire life to honor God. You know, he was our perfect substitute in every way, doing God's will in all things. And he honored God in the truths that he taught. And in the powerful miracles that he did, showing the love and power of God. And when people saw those miracles, often it says they responded 
with praise to God, just the very thing that Jesus wanted to see happen. And so Jesus' prayer in our verses should not surprise us. It sort of fit in with the rest of his life. He said, Father, glorify your name. And God said, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. See, Jesus knew that God had sent him for more than just honoring his life through his life. To complete the work that was sent for him, Jesus knew that he would need to suffer and die. He said, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this very purpose, I came to this hour. Jesus became the perfect sacrifice that would be acceptable to God. His death would completely remove all sin of all people. As the Bible states, Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. Without Christ, if we saw God in his full glory, says we would die. But Christ became the way for us to be able to approach God and live in his glory. As Jesus' life was ending on the cross, he said, it is finished. The task for which God had sent him to complete was now done. He won the victory over the power of sin that condemns us, the power of death that so often makes us feel so helpless, and even conquered hell with all the evil that we have to experience in this life. He was willing to go to the cross to suffer and die because he knew what blessings would result He said so in our verses, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So Jesus' goal was to gather people from all over the world to join him in heaven. He prayed in his, what we call the high priestly prayer, the night before his death, Father, I desire that they whom you gave me may be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which you have given to me. What does Jesus' death on the cross mean for us? Jesus offers an eternal victory to each of us as a gift. And we who believe in him as our Savior will receive eternal honor, and we will live in eternal light we will experience the full love of God. Jesus rose from death as proof that his blessings for us are real. He ascended to his heavenly Father to prepare a place for us in glory. And what is our response? Well, we praise God in our words and in our actions, and then we try to seek to explain this mystery of the cross which to the world is all nothing but shame, and to us is victory and glory. You know, there are millions of Christians around the world that wear crosses, and you'll find them in just about every Christian's home because it's a symbol of Jesus' loving sacrifice. And so we praise God 
who won this lasting victory that's ours now by faith. And later, when our bodies are raised from the death that Jesus returned, it'll be a glory that we have forever. The Bible promises when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Of course, without faith in Jesus, the great goals that Jesus accomplished will do us no good. Jesus warned about that in our verses. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my Father will honor him. To love this life means basically to forget what Christ has won for us and to seek our glory only for ourselves in this world. But the glory and accomplishments of the world, even if it's winning the Super Bowl, are nothing in compared to the eternal life that we will have with our Heavenly Father. In Christ, we will have the fullness of life and a fellowship with our loving God and with all the saints forever. To win a Super Bowl, players need to be willing to suffer injuries and work extremely hard all year long. But they'd say, it's worth it. To win eternal glory for us, Jesus suffered many dishonors and eventually death. But he would say, it's worth it. For he offers us full forgiveness through his word and through his sacraments. And through faith in Jesus, we receive it all. In heavenly glory, we will honor God our Father who loves us and Jesus who has saved us. We can have full confidence of this in Christ alone. Thanks and praise be to our saving God forever. Amen. Let us stand for prayer. We have a special prayer request today from Mariah Harding. It would be the wife of Michael Harding. And we are going to be praying for the members of her extended family. Mariah's cousin, Morgan Maher, was a victim of a murder-suicide at the hands of her husband last week. They had two little children who are now without parents. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you on behalf of the members of Mariah's extended family who are now going through such deep grief at the loss of this young woman, Morgan. Be with them and comfort them with the saving knowledge that you alone can provide through the work of your Son, our Redeemer. Also, we pray that you would provide a loving home for these orphaned little children Above all, use this tragic situation to draw our hearts to you in appreciation of the work our Lord Jesus who came to take us from this veil of tears to your glory in heaven. We pray in his saving name. Amen. You may continue with the hymn.
Now the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.